you know, those guys are to see them start where we're at and give us the chance to, you know, give us a chance to show what we can, you know, hey, join us. And they did. They took a chance on us because that's a cool thing, too. Remember, these guys have been offered to go to major teams and go play, but they took a chance on us. And then when they do that, you know, they've done so well, they go and look what they're doing now. And that's like I said, it's just a blessing in itself. I think the minute I stepped on a practice field for rugby, the calling happened. But an eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right. And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes and they're like, what is this child on? It looks like it was a heavy. Yeah. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played like professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And those two Scottish guys and I said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. He looked at me and he says, you guys are awesome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Grow Rugby. My name is Gift Gift Time Bailey, and this is the show where we speak to people about the opportunities they have found, created, or taken advantage of via rugby. Man, I know it has been way too long since I've been back, and uh, we we uh, a lot's gone on. You know, Our brother got married. You know, uh, we got a whole new year. We. Uh, you know, well, actually, it's just been basically that, just marriage and setting up and ah, just a lot just happened. But I hope you guys know I've missed you soundly and uh, I hope you guys have done well and I hope you're continuing off on another great year ahead of you. Uh, we're kind of sort of slowly bringing back Grow Rugby, so I'm not yet on the week to week basis yet because we're trying to still get the HBC Rugby Classic going on March 26th and 27th of this year we are still working on trying to uh get settled into one place i have yet to be in one location for longer than a month uh at any one time and i'm still not going to be so it's hard to be able to set up the interviews but we'll be coming back with quite a few, uh, definitely some leading up to the HBC Rugby Classic and then kind of back to expansion and, and getting uh, more range uh, by the summertime and really get back into the rhythm of things through 2022 moving forward because, uh, you know, this is always fun. And this is great. And, uh, you know, I miss I miss being able to bring stuff to you guys. I miss being able to bring stuff to you guys. So uh, speaking of HBC Rugby Classic, this is the sponsor. Check out HBCRugbyClassic.com. Yo, we have the comeback. We're bringing in more teams. Yo, we got international from Jamaica taking on Roots. We're bringing out a whole new high school side. And, of course, the HBCU showdown, finding out who's the best. And, and we're seeing an expansion of the HBC Rugby uh, schools and programs developing more and more every year. It's it's exciting to me. So definitely go check out HBCRugbyClassic.com. Go ahead and grab your tickets. Get on down here to Baton Rouge. Let's make this happen. This is about to be a real thing. Guys, I can't wait. Today, I bring to you guys uh, a, a guy that I've known for a while. Almost, It's been a year or two, a little bit now. It's been a few years now, but, you know, great energy. He's been running it down uh, in Atlanta. He's out of Petro- He's out of Panama City, but he's been running the Optimist Rugby Program, which is a travel uh, sevens program based out of Atlanta. Uh, and he has now officially moved up to the developmental pro program known as the Hartford Harpooners. This is my guy, Mark Diaz. Bring him on to the show. I want to hear claps. <laughs> oh, we had a great conversation, have an amazing, uh, battle that they're about to face as the Harpooners take on the Seattle Sea Rolls. It's going to be on Friday, January 28th, the day after this podcast is dropped, and guys, I'm telling you, it is going to be worth it. He has been winning, winning, winning uh, since he really kicked up onto the scene uh, last year, for sure, uh, with Optimus. So look out for it. We had a great conversation deep into what it takes to be able to get to this point. You guys are going to really enjoy it. So I'm not going to hold you guys back any longer. Check this out. This is this is how rusty I am. Let me let me do this again. This is Mark Diaz, head coach for Hartford Rugby. Hartford Harpooners Rugby. Shit. 
I'm so happy, man. And the introduction, it got me hyped, man. I can't stop cheating. <laughs> I'm hyped now, man. I'm ready to go now. We can go play around. Let's go! You know, you know, matter of fact, they need to go ahead and make you the announcer for the game because then if we do that, I know it's over with. It's over. <laughs> we are setting it up. This is what we set the new year right. <laughs> yes. 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 Man, I got to fly man. you there Friday, man. Man, no, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Man, look. Let, let's put it out there. You know, we, we did one of these literally, I think it was like a year ago exactly. Maybe like, no, I think it was almost a year ago exactly. We were like, ah, let's run it back again because, you know, we want to make sure it gets ready. But I'm feeling the energy. You're good and ready now. You've, been, you, you, you've seen some things, all right? You've gone places. <laughs> yeah, I grew up a little bit. You let me grow. You let me grow. You let me be myself. You know what I mean? And so now, yeah, I'm ready now. That first ready. one, we're going to go, that's a do-over. That, that, yeah, this is a do-over. We were already supposed to talk about that last one. See, you put me on blast already. <laughs> hey, this is what we do. We stay honest here, baby. <laughs> that first interview is a, that first interview is a do I was. This is the do-over. Yeah, I mean, this, this is a do-over. For what it's worth, the first one was great for me. But it, I was like, all right, I'm going to let you come back. You felt, I was like, let's do this again. <laughs> But no, so as a result of us doing this again, we're going to start from the beginning because, you know, we got to get the full story. We got to get the superhero story. So as I always tell people, first interview of 2022, because there's not going to be anything about changing this. My brother, what is your superhero origin, superhero origin story? How did you get started in rugby? Okay, so my first time playing rugby and introduced to rugby was a game. I'm at Frank Baum Park goofing around in Panama City Beach. I'm with some buddies of mine. There's a dude about my height. I'm not a big guy. There's a dude about my height. He pulls up in this big, crazy-looking green van. His name is Mark Young, and his nickname is Angus. And he's actually a cool fact about Angus. I always give him credit. He's the one that started this monster, but he's also one of the uh, managers for the All Blacks. Whenever they come into the U.S. and play games, they always call him, and he drives him around and does a bunch of cool stuff. So he actually started a team in Panama City Beach, Florida, called the Hurricanes. And I'm in Frank Brown Park playing flag football, goofing around, and he comes and he watches me run, and he says, hey, you want to play rugby? Had no clue what it was whatsoever. I said, sure, I'll give it a chance. And literally, like a a total bonehead, I get in a stranger's van, and I drive (laughs) in around the corner with my cleats, don't know where I'm going, don't know this. I literally jump in this van like a little kid, and I drive over to this field, and I see all these big, large dudes you know, and we're playing my first rugby game with all these dudes bigger than me, you know, out there, they're ready to go. And that was my first game. He says, hey, get on the wing, and this is what I'm going to show you what to do. And that was it. He put a veteran right next to me, and my first introduction of rugby was a real game. See, you know, that, yeah. that's I, I like the fact that he didn't have to use candy to coerce you in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he said, hey, hey, it's okay. You're going to be safe. Just uh, jump in the band. You want to let like, you know? Uh, one of your friends called me over. He called me over. Okay. <laughs> hey, no, I had no. I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, cool. <laughs> I literally grabbed my stuff and jumped in his van. Perfect stranger. Never remember Damon's life. Jumped in his van and like after I thought about it, I, was like, I literally, I literally jumped in a stranger's van. Honestly, I, I respect it. I say, hey, this is where you go. Like, you, this is where you say, "I'm living YOLO." All right, like, you know, you're live once. Why not? We see what happens. If they kidnap me, hey, they're not gonna get very much, or maybe they'll get something. But at least, hey, look, I, I'm good. You know, thrash around a little bit, you make them earn it. But they got you some good rugby, so that's the big plus. Yeah, that was it, man. You Dude, know, I love that. yeah, that was it. Yeah, man. good times. And so, uh, I built myself from there. Um, a couple injuries set me back. 
And I wanted to come back and play again because, you know, you always try to better yourself or you try to come back better. I was a little bummed out because I've always, uh, you know, I've always, my legs have always been the strongest part of my body. I'm not a short guy. And when I blew my knee out, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I drove around with Angus and all the, I played in a lot of high level tournaments. You know, he's took me all over the country playing in them. And when I hurt myself, you know, I couldn't believe it. And um, I tried to come back a little bit stronger. And there was a buddy of mine. His name is uh, Marcus Atabu, who's a former USA Eagle. Nice. Um, came to visit me one day and no lie he was honest like Marcus if you know Marcus Marcus is not going to hold back any punches he's going to keep it real with you he was like dude you're fat <laughs> <laughs> and I was like okay, hey, was like, okay. And, you know, and, oh, yeah he was like he kept it real he's like if you want to play at the level I know you can play at you're going to lose weight and get back into shape because I'm not giving you a homeboy pass like straight up like I'm not giving you a homeboy pass to be on this team that I'm trying to create or do anything and right. so um, I was like, all right, fair enough. So I'm a competitive person. I got in shape, got in a couple tournaments, and uh, we met Optimus, you know, the Optimus boys out of Atlanta. And I meshed really well with Ronda Mundy and the boys. Like, we just literally clicked. And we started traveling. And, you know, before you know it, the boys had let me go ahead and, uh, you know, be a captain. And the captain went from helping to manage. And just our, 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 you know, we just like brothers, man. We were cool. And, you know, Marcus came back along and, you know, we, him and I, we kind of said, hey, look, let's do something cool together because he's the one that actually helped me, you know, get back in the swing of things and trying to yeah. be better. So um, he has a team that he's trying to make an MLR team. And so he said, hey, man, you know, come with me. You know how to do some things. And I know how to I know a lot of people. Let's let's work together. So, um, yeah, it's been cool ever since, man. We've been rocking ever since. I mean, I'm still the Optimus boys always have a place in my heart. You know, that was fun. But this was the thing that's something uh, special I want to do with my, my friend because he's my friend outside of rugby. Um, that's awesome. During. Yeah. Yeah. During rugby, we butt heads, not gonna lie. But we have of course. But outside. Of, yeah. Outside of rugby. That's my boy, man. <laughs> it's all love. It's, it's always love that's there. It's just a factor. It's like, look, man, like we're getting on the field. Love plus the competition. Look, it, 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 it's supplemental until we get back out. So, no, no, yes. I, I understand where that, that comes from. So, you know, you're talking about that time, just going from, just initially even just going flag football to, to rugby. For you, what was that moment? Because we, I think for most of us, you know, we always have that football background. And I think uh, even a lot of us, I know for me, whenever I did flag football or I did like a little bit of tackle football before I played rugby, that was just kind of the, Supplement for like, okay, I don't play football anymore, but I need to do something because once you're a contact guy, you almost always feel like you're a contact guy. So for you, whenever you maneuvered from football to rugby, what was one of the for, what was one of the uh, challenges that you had with the transition, if you had one? Okay, so this is really funny. Nobody, remember, nobody has really taught me rugby ever, so I'm used to running out of bounds. If somebody's going to hit you right before, I'm a smaller, faster guy. Now, I do have some burners on me, but I'm, you know, I'm thinking clock management, things or whatsoever. And so right. I'm gassing people, no lie, gassing people like a big dummy. I either run out of bounds or I don't know. I forget to put the ball down because I think when you score a try, you can just, you know, you're good. You pass the line. Everybody's you pass the line. I didn't good. Know, yeah, I didn't know. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I learned the hard way several times of not running out of bounds and everybody's mad at me. Like, what are you doing? And. The crazy part is, you know, a lot of guys are so caught in emotion, they don't know how to explain things to you. Right. And so I'm literally hauling butt down the field, boom, burning two or three people. And then I'll see somebody coming, and I figure if I run out of bounds, we can stop right here and just start all over again. I can catch my breath and get the ball back and go score. <laughs> and so, like, everybody's looking at me, and I'm in my head, why are we losing the ball? And my teammates are looking at me crazy, you know what I mean? Because I'm just figuring, hey, if I can gather my breath, I can still score another try because I was being cocky. I'm like, I knew I was that fast. And so right. I said, okay, cool. We just, I just run out of bounds right here, get my breath, get go on the other side, get the ball back and score. And I did it probably about five or six different times, just running Bro. clean out of bounds. So <laughs> this, this is the epitome of, like, no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, yo, I was trying to help. I'm trying to work myself out. <laughs> Why is everybody so mad? I, I'm doing it for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> It was too. Like it was so funny because I remember, I'm thinking of this like man, I got like 80 yards. I'm thinking in my head football yards too, man. I'm and I'm thinking in my. I know it sounds silly. I'm like, I wonder how many rushing yards I got. I'm like a kid because I'm, I'm in my early 20s. <laughs> I'm not gonna front with you. This is exactly the same thing I thought too. I, I was like, no, <laughs> how, how do we calculate this? I kind of want to know exactly the amount that we got from all this. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that was probably the hardest thing, running out of bounds. And uh, like I said, just running out of bounds and making sure to put the ball down the try zone. Yeah. 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 So anyway, for you then, when was the moment that you felt like kind of it clicked for you with rugby? Like you kind of you, you felt the flow. You felt like you understood what you needed to see. It was more than just I'm going to do – I'm going to just tackle. I'm going to just run. But it felt like you started to see the field. The craziest thing, when I got injured, after I blew my knee out, I got smarter playing rugby. Mm. Um, I wasn't as fast. I had to listen. Um, You know, when you're athletic, you don't listen. You really don't. You don't listen. Very few people do. Yes, yes. You watch everybody else. You do everything else. And I realized, wow, I'm not as fast as I used to be because that's all I was – and then now I had to think – because people were catching me. Because before, and I'm, I'm being, I'm being out, like, it was very hard. Not very, and I commonly say, not very many people could catch me. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you blow your knee out, and then, wow, you're getting caught. Like, you're getting walked. Like, you're used to breaking, but you don't have that off like you used to. And it takes a while to get it back. And right. me, not listening, not paying attention, I'm coming back sooner than when I'm supposed to anyway. There's a, there's a, yeah, I played in a tournament when I had a full limp. And I'm still running and running long and do, and I'm crazy. I, like I said, I get caught. So the craziest thing is I had to start paying attention. I started listening because that was the hardest part. You know, so when you're athletic, you don't pay attention as much. You just right. kind of go with the flow. But then when I got injured, I actually had to start paying attention and start being smarter. And also when Angus was taking me to the higher level tournaments, these guys that are older, they're not burning all the energy that I'm burning. They're not doing all this crazy stuff. And I'm watching, I'm listening to them. I'm like, wow, this dude really played the whole game and he still has gas in the tank. And here I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And I'm, I'm my tongue is out. You know what I mean? Just just looking crazy. I'm out of gas. I'm breathing hard, trying to catch a breath. And this dude is just balling out. And so then, you know, learning. Uh, so after my injury, I'll say I learned to play and I learned to respect the game a little bit more and learn and really care about what's going on. But it took yeah. an injury and for me to slow down to pay attention. Yeah. I can feel that. I, I feel like the same thing kind of <laughs> happened with me after – because I never retired from rugby. That's not a thing. But, like, whenever I stopped playing um, – uh, uh, league rugby, you know, playing the week-to-week matches, and you started being able to watch games from the media standpoint, it, it started recognizing those those patterns, and you start to feel that, like, man, people are catching me a little bit more. Uh, the, for me, the strength was always there, but, like, it's that that, that burst, that, it's that, that first, that second step that usually you would be like, okay, I know I, I'm not going to get caught right in the back. And it starts to lose that slip. You start to being like, okay, let me look for the past. Let me see how this can branch off. The ego's still there, but it's just like, I want. maybe I can come back around on it. Uh, it it's a weird transition. It always sucks that it has to happen whenever you're, like, on the slip. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's at least good, you know? You're just like, okay, now maybe I'm getting to see this. Like, how long into the – so how long was it into playing uh, that you blew out your knee? Which time, man? I'm on the third knee surgery. <laughs> Listen, I'm on the third knee surgery, man. Every time I was young and crazy. And so one thing I will tell a lot of high-end athletes is listen to your trainer. Listen to your doctor. Don't yeah. be silly. You know what I mean? Especially if you're not getting paid to do this. Right. Heal. Heal. I was so competitive and so hungry that literally I felt like, ah, oh, my knee's good. Yeah, he's the doctor's all right. I've been to this before. Let's go. Then you're running, you're running before you know to make one hard stop. Boom. You know what I mean? Then you're back to square one all over again. Right. So I was go shoot. The first time I blew my knee out, I came back in three months. Literally in three and a half months on the ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus. I was playing in a full tournament, a like, full so seven tournament. Was your was your leg running on air? Like what? The, what the yeah. heck was it? I had a little, you would have thought one leg was shorter than the other. I literally was like wobbling, but I was moving, buddy. I got some tape. You'll be like, wow, I was moving pretty damn good. I got to give myself some credit. But now that I watch myself, I'm like, what a dummy. What a dummy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, that's like, what a dummy. And uh, yeah, I went to another tournament, guys. I literally stepped the wrong way. So I went through playing, 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 and all I did was step the wrong way and pow. And that was the big one because they had to take the screws out, take the screws out, um, take the screws out, fill the holes up with bone chip, let it heal, and then go back in and redo everything. Oh, wow. And that set me, yeah, that's when the weight loss, that was when the weight gain came. And, uh, you know, just being out. You like can't three. do anything. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, you know, your brain, you know, oh, man, I can't do this. I can't do that. And I was always used to coming back. 
But it was crazy because, you know, it wasn't comeback as easy. It was probably, I was probably set up for about two, three years. Of oh, not snap. Playing. oh, that was real yeah. sad. It was that bad. Yeah, was, my knee was that bad. I was playing on it. Like I said, I was playing on it reckless, you know, being youthful, thinking I'm okay. And then finally when they opened it up, a lot of damage in there. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, had to have it, have it. It took a while. It took a while. So, yeah, man. So you're moving to coaching. Was that uh, was that was that uh, motivated by the leg injuries, or was it just something that ended up coming? Because you, you were already talking about whenever you uh, uh, moved to Optimus, you were able to be a captain and then continue being able to teach and now get into the as as a coach. Was that something that's always been in your system? Like you've you've coached in other mediums and you found yourself doing it again, or was this something that was a surprise for you? Well, I had to look at it. <clears throat> I had to be honest with myself. I love sevens, but father time. Right. You know, it's 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 real. People say, oh, age is another number. Yeah, but no, be realistic. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, it closes in on us. And um, I said, look, I still want to be a part of this. And I'm still, I was still able to play. I literally yeah. just stopped playing. I would probably say probably about four Four to five months ago, I just right. stopped playing because I, I I have to have another knee surgery. So, um, you know, and I wanted to have, I do have to have another knee surgery. And so, um, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> now, granted, I knew this was like, kind of like a farewell Kobe tour. You know what I mean? I should have used the goat, the goat. But I really, I was like, my ACL was torn. I knew it was torn. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to play. I'm going to use all the tape in the world. I've already been through it a couple of times. I know if I don't step this way, if I just run on a hard line, you know what I mean? I got a little weight behind me now. I got a little big boy weight, you know? I'm like 200 pounds now. I'm like, if I just run straight, no cutting, I'm good to go. Oh, no, 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 no. It didn't work out as well as I wanted to. I didn't, no, no, man. I tried because I, I use all kinds of tape. You know, I, um, I tried to play in the classic Eagles game at the IMG Academy. It was awesome. Um, I it just realistically the knee just you just got to know when to chill. You know what I mean? And I that's mean, what it was. I had I had to chill. I mean, I feel like after three, four uh, knee surgeries, it, I don't <laughs> even feel like you, you. You really have. I feel like your body's telling you, yo, uh, yo, relax. All right, relax. <laughs> How much arthritis do you want to have at eighty-five? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and it, it is wild too because. Um, you got, I got I got put on a waiting list for my knee, yeah. you know, because the doctor is like, yo, he goes, this surgery is going to take a while because of everything we got to do. So I'm just going to set you aside and tell you when I have time for you. Like, realistically, he was being honest. He was like, because it's going to be a while. So I'm going to get my surgery done at one of the best places in the state of Florida, the Andrews Institute. So that's kind of cool. I'm happy about that. That's but, um, yeah, it's going to be a minute. So I'm, I'm taking my time. Uh, just waiting on my on my slot, so hopefully everything will be all right. But I still want to play. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to be healthy when I do it. I'm not gonna... <laughs> I feel like that's always, that never gets out of the body. And thankfully, at least with rugby, you might not be able to go to elite level rugby at the same weight. But the, rugby yeah. doesn't have like an age limit in the sense like you can only play till X Y Z and then it's done. Like you could play till 80. It's a factor of what the level of competition that you're going to. And you'll find yourself, and especially if you keep young people, uh, young guys around you, you're always going to have that little bit of a push. So it yes. never escapes, right? Yeah, yeah. And they did motivate. Like, it does motivate you seeing those guys play. And, you know, when I, when I, I first experienced playing against the Classic Eagles, you know, those yeah. guys are older than I am, and they are right. falling out. I mean, they gave us that first game. They gave us the business. Like, oh, they beat so. us. They Yo, yeah, they gave us a, like, Paul Holmes and his team gave us the business. The first game, yeah, they gave it to us. No lie. They gave us a, and there was nothing we could do about it. We they, they right. beat us. And then luckily that second game, we came back and we won. But that first game, that set the stage. Yeah. They, they let us know, hey, don't let age fool you. <laughs> We're so here. That, that's one part that I, I, I learned, and especially younger, is for some reason, the, the older rugby players that I've dealt with, it's almost like their bodies become rock. And so they're not fast, <laughs> but every single time you try and hit them, it's just like, yo, why does this hurt? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, it's how a piece of granite. It's like a piece of granite. Like, what? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yo, what? What did you cut? You're not cut. You're just like stone. <laughs> you're just stone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How do you get to this point? Like, what level of yeah? Nah, man, it, it's a while. But that's what, like, I've seen with those classic Eagles. Like, it is, it is dope to be able to witness, knowing that there is 
so much further you can still go and still be effective. You might not, it might not be to win it all, but yo, you can put some damage out there. Like when they say yes. old man strength is a thing, like it's a real thing. It's true. It is real. It is real. When you see an older man that's shaped like a box, like he's he's literally he, he's he's shaped like a square, and he walks like a square, and he looks like a square. His legs are like this big around and like the same size as his thigh. You're in for a very long day. <laughs> as I call it, a square man. You know what I mean? Square head, square man, fat cheeks. I'm like, yeah, man, you're in for a long day. It's gonna Fact. hurt. <laughs> that is absolute facts. Like, but that's that's I I love that. I I love the fact of being able to see that. So for you then, you know, what was your what made you decide to start trying to coach? Um, despite playing, and I know the ACL, but like even at that, you could have just rested up, or it could have just been like working with the players until you can get back on the field. Why coaching for you? Well, I've always been an underdog. Okay, I'm not making it about myself. Um, make it I've about yourself. Been, uh, make it about yourself. All right, you can't hide on yourself. You created this yeah. Disney story. <laughs> I have always been an underdog. Okay, I'm 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 a short guy with big hands and long arms, so I'm very weird proportioned. Okay, I got I got I got short legs. I'm five foot nothing. I got long arms and big hands, so I've always been weird in other sports, and you know I've always been you know uh, I've always been the underdog. And I said, you know what? I am so competitive because I really am. Anybody who knows me knows I'm very, very competitive. But I said, you know what? I can probably recruit. I've always had the gift of gab. I know I can recruit people. I like being around people. And I said, what if I find, like, the Optimus boys? Those guys can play. And I know they can play because I've been around them. And I say, wow, what if we give some underdogs a chance to play at a top level so people can see them? And that's been my thing. I say, you know what? I want to do this. I said, this is great. Let's go ahead and let's make it happen. And so um, it's been working. You know, uh, Marcus and I have tried our best to make this uh, the best platform possible. And it's actually working very well for us right now. We've been, it's been a blessing, the opportunities we've had to play. Like I said, we went to Denver and played the XOs. Now they're, they're called the American Rappers. We right. played them twice. Um, we've been to Houston, played HTX. Um, now, like I said, we got invited by Paul Holmes at the IMG Academy for the Classic Eagles. Um, we just went to Freetail Sevens and won the Sevens tournament. Yes, I'm flexing in that because I told them we were going to win and we won. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I told them if they let me in, I said if they let the wolf in, that we're going to win. And granted, they let me in and we kicked the door in. Wow, y'all. <laughs> I told them we were going to win, but here's the best part. The ladies, I brought a I brought some ladies and they did just as well. They yeah. were amazing. This is the first time we brought a ladies team and it yeah. was awesome. They did well. They bonded, they listened and it just, they did their own thing, man. You know, the women really, really just made me very, very happy. You know, they, they, they took, yeah, they just did everything. They took the, took the whole thing and um, ran with it. And like I said, they did well. They ended they, they won a bowl. They won the bowl game. Nice. So we ended up with, we ended up with a bowl. So it was good. Great start to it all. Yep. Great start to it all. But yeah, man, um, the coaching thing, I really, I thought that this would be the best opportunity to give the underdog a chance to play at the top level or be exposed to the top level play so they can move on. So like I said, if you play for us and somebody pays you to go make some money, go for it. We want you to leave. You know, I, right. I want you to go. Marcus wants you to leave too. The whole goal is, like I said, produce underdogs. Get these guys that nobody knows and ladies. And if a team is going to pay you to go play, whether it doesn't matter where it's at, we want you to go because that's right. awesome. That's the whole goal. Get you paid. Man, that's real. That's real. So, you know, for you, you know, there's the, the components of that coaching, and you mentioned it already. It's how do you acquire the team? How do you acquire your players? How do you develop your players? How do you execute with your players? For you, you, you talk about the gift of gab, and when it comes to recruiting, what is it that you feel is one of the maybe core pillars to how you go about recruiting? players my main thing is how you buy in you can be a great athlete i've been all of us we have been surrounded by great athletes and sometimes they don't want to buy in and if you don't want to buy into what the team is doing like know your role you can have a team full of ballers but if nobody wants to play in the park and nobody wants to go in it doesn't hurt it doesn't help anything you know if you want to stand out and do your own thing 
And sometimes you can have a whole squad full of assassins and get absolutely no, I've seen it. I've, I've played, I watched, and I've seen a team that has been better than us, more skilled, better coached, because yeah. we're still learning. So I can admit sometimes, but they had too many stars. Mm. And it's bit them in the butt. And so the cool thing is- everybody's trying to get the ball. Everybody, the yes, egos- Everybody wants on. to shine. And social media will be your worst enemy. Because once you get that highlight tape out there, everybody wants a highlight tape. Course. Am I right? Everybody wants to see you step somebody. Everyone wants to see you boom somebody. Everyone wants to see you take it to the house. So guess what? That's almost going to play into on my advantage because if I know that you're a social media guy, I'm probably going to walk away. Yeah. But what do you consider? What do you mean, social media guy? Like a person who's active or a person who like everything has to be social media? Like what's 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 that mean for you? Maybe I should fix that because social media is how you get recognized because that's how I meet people. So right. I'm going to. Take that statement back and be a little more clear. Um, if I see that you're able to pass the ball when you don't, you keep it and try to outrun everybody. And then all of a sudden I see you post it on social media when you really should have passed the ball because everybody's watching the great play, but you've right. got your teammates wide open. If you just would have spun it the other way and we could have scored easily rather than you outrunning four or five people, not giving it up. To me, that kind of, you know, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to win a game and we're trying to keep you safe because we need you for longevity. Now, if you burn right. yourself out in the whole tournament trying to run through everybody, that doesn't help us any. We're playing Don't sevens. You need to have, I need all your energy. So <laughs> we got five in this game to play to get to yes, a championship. Yes, <laughs> yes. we got to play. To, and we play tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, for real, stop trying to run over nine guys. You know what I'm saying? Just chill out. You know what I'm saying? Stop trying to run over everybody. You know, and it's cool. You know, so, yeah, that's what I mean by, you know, the social media. Sometimes right. it'll kill us because we get hungry because we know if we can put that long run on there, we can make it happen because everybody views it. Yeah, I mean, like, think about it. If there's a highlight tape of you stepping somebody and you not passing the ball and outrunning, you know, taking it 80 meters rather than a team spinning the ball out, you know that's going to get more more likes. That's going to get more hits than the, the pass to the score, you know. It but is, the big is. picture gets lost within that. Yes, yes. And so to me, sometimes if I see somebody a little bit more, a little bit of a selfish player, they don't want to buy in, sometimes that's, uh, that's a quick way to get me, you know, I'm not entertained. Marcus is the same way. We're team no, I feel that. Very team oriented. I feel yeah, that. So, 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 what what does constitute what your ideal player is that you're looking for uh, when putting into a team? I, you, I know you mentioned one part; it's team player, but it's very broad in that. For you, who is what? What are the types of players that you look for uh, whenever it is that you're trying to put together these teams and set them up? I love defense. Marcus does too. Yeah, I mean, if you smack people, yes, sir. Like, you know, your offense can be ah, but if you, boom, yes, sir, yes, we're going to, yes. That is a quick way to get our eye because we are defensive-oriented team. People will make fun of me. Hey, listen, I, if you take if you take video of me on the sidelines, I love defense. I am screaming, running sideways because I come from basketball. I've been with, I'm, a, I'm a high school varsity basketball coach. So, yes, I'm running the sidelines screaming, telling, hit him. Does it hit him? <laughs> I really want you to hit him. If you can hit somebody, I may just, yeah, I, I fall in love with that player immediately. If, if I see you playing defense, just doing your thing and smacking everything in sight, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm on. I'm head over here. Nice. But, yeah. Yo, I love that. Yeah, defense. Defense, sharing the ball. You know, like I said, you know, just all around athletes. You know, I, I like the athletes. I like the underdogs. Right. You know, and that's really what I look like. I'll, the guy that's maybe sitting on the bench, you know what I mean? Because sometimes, you know, those players get lost with work. They get lost because they have, you know, college. They have lost with their life. Sometimes, you know, they, their parents, you know, so sometimes a lot of players, they don't get to play. And I understand sometimes coaches can't let players play because they haven't been around. But at right. the same time, sometimes I feel like that player does need a chance because I know what it's like that parents – you have to work. You have to help them. You got to, you know, help put food on the table. You got to do some things. So, you know, my time is, hey, you know, I can go when I go. So, you know, sometimes that diamond in the rough is just sitting there. You just got to find them. Facts. And so, yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> but whenever you guys talk about, like, underdogs, because, I mean, I've seen whenever with Optimus and even with the Harpooners, like, you guys got some dogs on the team. So when you're talking about from an underdog standpoint, are you talking about just – what is it? What is it? What is it? The perspective that it is that you're seeing with them? Because if you got guys who are just like rolling, like, and it's just maybe they missed the the Eagles, but they had a chance to be an Eagle. Is that an underdog, or is it that you guys are really searching down for 
almost like the Billy Bean, uh, um, you know, find that uh, uh, analytics style. Obviously, maybe not using analytics, but you know yeah. that feel me that kind of style where it's like you find that person who has that really specific skill that works in this way. Like, what is it that you consider as that underdog take for your players? All right, the underdog take. Perfect example, John Truex. John Truex is from Chattanooga, Tennessee, D3 rugby player, okay? Nobody knows, you know, think about it. How how, how familiar are you with Chattanooga, Tennessee, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So a guy like that, a guy like, you know, they were the boys were telling me right before I came to Optimus. I came to Optimus two years after Ronda Mundy, uh, you know, made the team together. I came Mm -hmm. two years after 2018. And... They told me about this guy. They're like, man, there's this dude that, that comes from Tennessee and he is super fast. He's super athletic. You know, he can just flat out go. And I'm like, look at this guy. And, you know, of course, you know, you have my buddy Marcus who's a former USA Eagle. Right. Okay? Marcus will tell you heads up. He doesn't bash anybody, but, you know, he, he knows a lot of ballers. So if he doesn't know you or if I ask about him, I'll be like, okay, then, you know, probably whatever. Marcus didn't even know who, uh, who John Truex was. And then as soon as Mark, as soon as he went to LA, Man, he made a name for himself. Went to LA Sevens. He he scored. Yeah. Tried, he said who he was. Now, he was that dude. He that's an underdog player. That was that's my dude. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know, like guys like that. The same thing. Marcus came D three. Marcus was the Panama City Beach Hurricane, Division three rugby squad. So am I, Division three rugby. You know, right. here I am in my late thirties playing high level rugby. Uh, you know, like at the, at the premier level with the Sevens boys in the tournament. Not you know what I mean, but. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, yeah. still being with the athletes, still being able to run around and keep up, you know, that's an underdog, you know, cause you don't know where the, you know, a lot of times these teams, they are very well funded. They're very well coached and they're very well known. Well, some of these guys, they're not found because like I said, they already have their group of guys. They already have their 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 networking, and so right. that's a cool thing. That's what I mean by the underdog, you know. Because like I said, there's a lot of awesome teams that are very well funded. They take care of their players. They have awesome coaches with a lot of experience, and they do get the best because we know that ballers attract ballers, right? Nice. So you know, but yeah. So when you're an up and coming team like with Marcus and I have, try to find the underdog because a lot of those big names they go other places because the reputation. So Man, we gotta yeah. we're, we're yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense because I, I know it, it, one of the hardest things that come with rugby in the U.S. is being able to really determine where the talent is versus like what is just being told. Like you said, the people that are talked about the most or happen to have gone through the age grade systems may not necessarily be the best, but they are the ones that had the best opportunity to compete at that. Yeah. does not inherently mean that they are the best that is available. So it's a lot of that trying to sift through a lot, a lot of, of dirt to be able to find those diamonds that really didn't have the opportunity, whether it's for money, whether it's the travel was too much, or they just didn't even know the opportunity was present for them and be able to see that. Uh, um, being able to find those, do you, do you guys just try and get people, and I, I don't mean to dig too much into your secrets, but I'm going to dig into your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, listen, I will tell you, and any rugby player will tell you, I am annoying. They'll tell you, Marky is annoying. I will call you. I will befriend you. Like, I will ask you questions. Hey, how's it going? You know what I mean? Like, I've known you forever. I just want to, I'm going to be cool with you because I'm going to try to get you on my team. Like, flat out. I'm going to annoy you. So, you know, Freddie Aduda, right? Plays with Freddie ACL. Guys, he's been I on the podcast. He's talked, you know, got to plug yes. that in. He's been in some time. <laughs> yes. Freddie and I are like this, okay? Yeah. I annoyed Freddie for three months continuously. And check this out. He used to leave me on red because I know he'd read my message and not respond. And <laughs> guess what? I pestered him just enough three days before LA 7s for him to join our team. And when he joined our team, I called I said, I got Freddie. Yes, <laughs> I got Freddie. And they're like, what? I said, I, I got him. And, you know, it was cool. And he was actually almost done with rugby. Like, he yeah. was literally – Almost done playing rugby, and yeah, then really, you had some issues with the yes, one of the MLR teams, and yeah, yeah, yep. And so when that happened, he was like, "Wow!" And I said, "You know, I want to create an environment to where people who do feel a certain way towards rugby, maybe it'll give them life. Maybe that guy that was going through a tough time, because we all go through tough times in life, that they put rugby aside until you know they can figure things out. Right. Well, then now when they're ready." 
and they still have it, maybe they can come to us and they can shake some rust off and keep it going. Wow. And so, you know, like I said, Freddie, Freddie came and he literally, we were all in the huddle right after rugby. We took second place in that tournament. It was really awesome with the motley crew of some guys that we put together. And we got in a circle. He said, hey, I, I really was ready to give up rugby and now I'm hungry. Now I'm back. Now look at him. He's back with rugby ATL. He played yeah. with us in free tail sevens. He's played with us in other tournaments. You know what I mean? Freddie has never let me down. Um, you know, and like I said, now look, boom. You know, another guy, another diamond in the rough. There's a, a guy named Nolan Tuhamahaloa. He's a young guy, played with uh, Utah Warriors. He mm-hmm. injured himself, had to rehab himself back. You know, he took a chance on me. You know, crazy little short guy. I talked his ear off when we were in the hotel room. Just, yeah, 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 like I'm doing now. In his ear. Hey, man, hey, hey, hey. And, you know, I befriended him. We became friends. Boom. Now he's over there at Rugby ATL. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it's cool to see that type of development, you know, and those type of guys to come around, you know, and, um, same thing. Like I said, there's a bunch of guys that has came through our program that are doing well. You know, you got Amir, you know, he's with Dallas, Eric yep. Lepolsky, the number one draft pick. He's over there. I mean, it's just the list. I can name a list of people. Um, it's, it's awesome. You know, you it's know, really cool to see some of those guys move up. Jalen Tatum, you know, yep. Jalen Tatum, another one of our, I mean, that's, that's just, uh, you know, those guys are to see them start where we're at and give us the chance to, you know, give us a chance to show what we can, you know, Hey, join us. And they did, they took a chance on us because that's a cool thing too. Remember right. these guys have been offered to go to major teams and go play, but they took a chance on us. And then when they do that, you know, they've done so well, they go and look what they're doing now. And that's like I said, it's just a blessing in itself. So, you know what I mean? It's just a blessing in itself. No, that's that's awesome. You know, I, I always one of the things that I, I've kind of learned over my time uh, between in, in rugby and from both the field side and uh, the, the off field stuff is there's always this the, the concept of purpose whenever we do it. I, I think it's always hard, early on. You know, we we work on being the best players that we can be. You know, and figuring that and there's that strong purpose that goes with being able to compete, play with guys travel, be able to talk smack, have the stories and everything that comes with that. And then I feel like in in this other half of it where you become more involved on the off-field stuff, then you get to watch the development around. You get to see how you can directly utilize this tool of rugby to impact these guys, impact their culture, their lives, these all these men, women, and just kind of see how this world can be developed and how it can kind of push people forward. For you, uh, and, you know, we'll make the loose comparison, but for you, what have you, felt, how, what have you learned in terms of your purpose, your mission that's come with rugby over the course of this time that you've been in this sport? I'm hitting you with the deep questions. Make you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a wow. Wow. <clears throat> so we do know that with the crazy things that happen in life, Sometimes we need an escape and sometimes it's rugby's rugby is the medicine for people. You know, it gives them a chance to be around people. It makes them feel welcome because we've all been, we've all been a part of a team or I'm glad if nobody's ever experienced this, I'm going to go ahead and talk about something that people don't like talking about. There's been teams where you're not welcome. Okay. You're a baller. Your team doesn't like you. You're not in a clique. They blame you, but you just don't fit in. Sometimes you outgrow a team, all right? So now you're stuck because you've got these guys that are excellent ball players. And granted, we're all not perfect. Sometimes our attitude can get us kicked off the team because we know friends that are great players that their attitude has made things worse. But sometimes there's a team that is poison and it does happen because we've all seen it. We've been a part of it. And sometimes we are a part of that poison ourselves. Let's just keep it real. True story. That player sometimes can make – Sometimes that can make a player not like rugby anymore. So my whole thing is if I can take a better player, okay, regardless of my skill set and wake that person up, to me, that's an awesome feeling. If I can get them going back again, you know, because you see the talent there. And sometimes when you sit back and listen to somebody's story, hey, why aren't you playing here? You know how many MLR guys have made mistakes and now they're not the MLR? You know what I mean? And then they give, and then somebody maybe gives them that second chance to say, hey, look, I can't pay you. But you, I got a chance to play these, like, Thursday, okay? Or, I'm sorry, Friday. We're playing the Seattle Seawolves, okay? What if I can find that person that just needed that second chance? We get him on the roster to play against the Seattle Seawolves. 
and boom, now another team notices them and takes a chance on that person. To me, we've won. You know, it's not about myself. And, and to me, I think it's a better thing knowing that we've helped somebody because, like I said, my friends helped me get to where I'm at. Right. I, you know, it may not be big, but to have professional players, to have international players leave teams, join you, call you their brother, you know what I mean, and help you. Because, like I said, they didn't have to, they didn't have to play for us. And they could have went somewhere else and got free housing, could have went somewhere else and got this, that, but they took a chance. So my way of saying thank you is like, hey, you guys invested in us, the team. So we're going to invest in that next guy to maybe pull him up. The one guy that actually needs that little extra push. You know what I mean? Maybe he's, you know, down around his luck because he had some things happen. My, our way of saying thank you is to push, bring that, pull that guy up that needs to be pulled up. And to me, that's the big thing for me. I want to be able to find that guy that maybe, you know, needs a little help and we get him back to where he needs to be. Because sometimes it's all we need is somebody to believe in us. Because like I said, without the guys, all of our guys, you know, that's what they did. They believed in us, gave us a chance. We were nobody. Nobody knew who we were. Care less. Go play for somebody else. They want to, but they didn't. Because I kept calling them and calling them. Calling them, calling them, calling them, calling them. <laughs> you know what? It's because I care. And I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be mental. Yes. Yes. I'm here, baby. You know what I mean? I'm here. <laughs> yes. And the funny part is I always have to tell them because now, like I said, I'm really um, not to backtrack, but this is really cool. Our team in Panama City Beach, I have a special spot for the lady squad. And I hope you keep this in your podcast about this part. The ladies, I don't cut anything. So, uh... okay, okay, listen. The ladies mean a lot to me. I'm going to tell you, the ladies mean a lot to me because – the Panama City Beach team, you know, we're going through a growth period right now where we don't have very many men. Right. So right now, the ladies are were practicing with the men. Yeah. Yes. And they were outnumbering the guys. At the time this was going on, which is still going well because the ladies' numbers, they're strong. Um, they're the ones that got me ready to play in the high-level tournaments. So even though the guys were there, which shout out to them, they always let me come Wednesday. And, you know, it's kind of tough when you know a guy's showing up Wednesday to practice and he's going to play in Atlanta with another team. But the crazy part is, is the ladies were the ones that were keeping me alive and having me run and pushing me and doing stuff. Without them, I wouldn't be because really, there was maybe four or five guys showing up to sevens. I'm talking about sevens. Maybe four or five guys showing up for, for, for a rugby team. And the ladies are having 10, 12. And so, you know, and that's not knocking my team. That's just the number that was being nice the time was going down. But, the fact, but that, that, that's such a di- diametric change in what would have been 10, 15 years ago, where it would have been just a pool, just like you're pulling at teeth to get three, four women on a team, especially in a small town like Panama City, let alone to now be able to replace and actually be able to compete. But I think it even stands more to what the, the nature of rugby is, is that we play this sport that doesn't distinguish outside of uh, a play position between the men and the women, regard like the, it's the rules are the same. There's nothing, no pulled punches. So whenever you're saying I can practice with them, and I'm and I'm still being able to keep up, like I'm still able to get what I need to out of it. That speaks volumes to what the the culture change this sport does and how it can impact and how it improves just so much because the sport itself doesn't discriminate. Eh, teams and whatever it can be. But the sport itself, in terms of its rules and regulations, uh, don't discriminate, uh, which is which is comforting, you know, in a yes. lot of ways. Yes, and they pushed it. Like, they really pushed me. It was awesome. I was glad to have them there. And, you know, it is funny because, you know, a lot of guys would ask, you know, man, you know, how old are you? I can't believe you're still playing out here. I'm like, yeah. And then they asked me, you know, what am I doing? I'm like, hey, man, the ladies on my team have really pushed me. Like, what? What do yeah. you mean? I said, I, I said our, our ladies practice with the guys. I said, and they make up the numbers. And for us to have seven on seven to run a full scrimmage, if the lady team is not there, we don't There's have nothing. a full seven on seven. So we yeah. need that. And I rock with that for, I mean, I can say how many tournaments they got me ready for. And it was awesome. You know, so I owe it a lot. So that's why I said, you know what? Now that the men are established, they kind of have their own thing. Let's bring the ladies along. Right. And so it's been yeah. really awesome to see them network and, and gather themselves. You know, now the pool for the ladies is just growing. Now the numbers that's- that I have is just like, wow. That's that's the thing that you want, like, and that was that was always one part of rugby that's kind of confu- had always confused me for a long time. It's like you have the opportunity that you have women's sides 
that can bring a full audience. It, it completely changes. Like they bring a whole different dynamic of attention and action and everything. Like, why are you not developing this? What, even the concept of like, yo, why are you trying to diminish the women's game? It made no sense because like this is what will make the entire sport stronger. Not trying to be woke or anything because you know yeah. whatever like that, but it's like it's legit. It's like yo, I don't know why for so long, and I'm happy in a lot of cases. You know, it still has its issues, but in a lot of cases that we're starting to see like more attention being put into the women's game because the two need to elevate together. Like it just it yes. can't be on the guys alone. There's it just it can't like yes. Yes, and the ladies' games are exciting, man. I mean, hell, when yeah. we were at Freetail, man, them games are to the what? Yo, they, 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 I mean, they were smacking each other, and they were, I mean, they were going at it. So it's just like the games are really tough. And I was like, I, yeah, I, I get, yeah, I get goosebumps thinking about it. And so, yeah, it's, it's really funny. And and back to what I said about calling and texting, you know, I have to remind the ladies, hey, when I'm calling and texting, I'm just being me, making sure you're still on the team. I got to make sure I don't lose you to the Chicago Lions or lose you to all the teams with all the money. I got to call you and make sure Always you're cool. everything's great. I promise I'm not trying to be slick. If you know me and the girls will tell you, look, I'm just going to call and be annoying. Hey, what's up? How's your dog? How's your cat? I'm not being fake because I really do like pets. Everybody knows me knows I like pets. And I'm just saying, I will hit them up. Yo, how's it going? Hey, what's up? They'll be like, mm-hmm. like look, just. I promise. I'm just being myself. Just let me let me keep you on the team. That's all. Let me do what I gotta do to keep you on the squad. <laughs> Always be recruiting. Always be recruiting. Yes. Never yeah. stop. That's the yes. secret. <laughs> yes, yes. I will stay. Listen, I will I will steal. If there's a team, there's somebody I like and I'm lurking around, I will try my best. I'm trying to steal. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm not even going to deny it. If you see me around and you got a few ballers, I suggest you call them, text them, and do something because I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's real. Hey, hey, look, man, people, you put it out there. You know this now. You know this. Deal, go at your own caution. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Man. I'm a, yeah, I'm lurking around, man. If you see me lurking, there's probably somebody. Yes, there's probably somebody fast, somebody that can ball. Yeah, or I'm going to ask, hey, is that your friend? Okay, cool. Hey, they want to play with us? Hey, cool. Here's a t-shirt. <laughs> I, love I love it. So, you know, kind of wrapping this up, you know, you guys with the Hartford Harpooners, you guys have this game coming up at the end of the week because this will get posted quickly. You know, what does it mean to be able to, to be able to play this? Because you guys are going to Seattle playing the Seawolves, correct? Yes, so we are playing your, them in Tequila. This is be your first full MLR game that you're actually coaching. Yes, yes. What does it mean yes. to you to be doing this, and especially in such a short period of time? Regardless of what people feel about MLR or whatever's happening, like that's significant. Like, what does it mean to you to be able to be like, I actually am having a chance to make an impact in this game as a lead? It starts with the guys that believe in the process. It really does. It means a lot to me and Marcus. And I'm going to talk about him a lot because that's my partner. He's the one, you know, he started it and he believed in it and he brought me along. And, you know, when we combine, he goes, look, you can be a partner. This isn't going to be all me. It's going to be you. You're going to be 50 50. And so the cool thing about this is, like you say, it's a dream. You're like, wow, you know, it happened so fast. You still have to, I'm not trying to sound cheesy, but you still have to sit back and be like, wow. Yeah, it, it, it is cheesy because you laugh and you're like, you smile because you can't even, I don't even know how it happened so fast. Right. It's just ne- everybody believed in the system. And that's what it was. You just had to get people to believe. And it started off with 20 people, like literally 20 people. Marcus had a combine, okay, in Connecticut at a high school. And we, the numbers were decent, but it was okay. You know what I mean? And um, we took that team to a tournament in Fort Lauderdale and we won that tournament. And ever since then, everything's been going just full throttle. And it, but it, think about it, it started with twenty, maybe twenty five people, wow. maybe if that. And and you know to see the pool of players that are in the app now asking to play, you know what I mean. And you also you want to stay humble. You want to get a big head because it is crazy. Because you know who am I to tell a former MLR player they didn't make the roster? Right. So that's even more crazy. That's even more crazy. You know, and it's, it's a blessing, but it's like whoa. You know, I have to make sure I'm humble because like I said you're telling a guy that played in the MLR that he didn't make this roster coming up. Right. 
And you're just like, so that's another hard thing, hard way. Uh, it's it's a, not hard way. It's a hard thing to believe that like, wow. So I'm still pinching myself, man. And I'm still trying to, this is new to me. I'm still pinching myself because this is a blessing. But also with Marcus too, it's like, you know, he's played at a top level. He's played at a high level. So sometimes he's, He's Mr. Smooth. He's Mr. Cool. Like, yeah, you know, it's all good. You know, we're coming here. Yeah. And so here I am trying to be smooth like him, but I'm like, go! Ah, let's get it. <laughs> you know, so you know, you can only be cool so much around me before I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? I, my wheels are always turning. And so, you know, during game time, I do lock in a little bit different, but you know, I just try to be, I try to stay humble. It is a blessing, but it all starts with the men and the women that believe in the program. Because without them, you know, they're the ones, like I said, they could have played, especially with the level of athletes that we have, they could have played anywhere else, but they bought in, they believed in you, and literally, they miss work, they buy flights, they do things out of their own pocket. We try to help as much as we can, but they believe in a program that started with 20 people. And now, like I said, you know, how we're doing this, it's just a blessing. So when you say what it means, it just means everything. But also, I feel like uh, it only means as much as we can do for the players. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like if it can make these people, make these players happy, then it makes me happy because I want to give the experience. Because this is just without them, this doesn't happen. Period. Without you can talk about how great you did it and how great, but without those players, men and women, none of this works. None of this exists. So I'm just pinching myself, man, going along for the ride because I'm really on their coattails. <laughs> that's wild. I love it. Dude, that's real. That's so real, man. Mark, bro, yeah. how can people find you know, find information to you, find information about uh the harpooners? Like Okay. <laughs> we have our Instagram. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so we have the Harper Harpooner Facebook page. All right. Then you have Marcus Satavu. You know, you can look him up on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. Same with me, Mark Diaz, okay? Look me up on Facebook, uh, Marky Diaz82 on Instagram. Harford Harpooners Rugby, that's on Instagram as well. Send us a message, show us your highlight tape. Hit us up, you know what I mean? We're going to try our best. We don't. If, if you're a baller, we're going to find you. I promise we'll find you, and we're going to annoy you, get you on our team. I will call you. He will text your number because I'm going to call you. <laughs> I'm going to call you. I'm going to Facebook message you. I'm going to get you on the squad. You know what I mean? I'm going to try to at least. But um, yeah, call us. You know, ask us. You know, if we're playing somewhere and you can jump, jump in, you know, and hey, men and women, you know, if you're interested in playing, give us a shot. You know, we're trying to make this best experience for you as possible. I love that. Mark, bro, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm glad that we got to do this. I love the, the energy consistent, but I'm, I'm really happy to hear Happy to hear all the successes and really just how much of a whirlwind of a year it, it, it's been. So, man, I wish you nothing but the best going forward and uh, that you guys are able to kick ass on uh, on Friday. Friday at 7 p.m. at Tequila at the Starfire Stadium. The Hartford Harpooners will be playing the Seattle Seawolves in a real game, baby. You know what I mean? So it's go time. It's put up or shut up <laughs> for us. You know, this is the big thing for us. So, you know, uh, the underdogs are playing the MLR boys. It's, uh, yeah, this is the chance to show what we got. So um, we're really excited. And all of us are excited. And I'm probably not going to sleep all Thursday night. You know what I mean? Friday, I'm going to have big circles under my eyes looking crazy. So, I mean, yeah. I. <laughs> Uh, I already know. I already, I already know. I already know. Like I get so excited. Like I'm thinking the game in my head at night already. Any kind of thing, and it's just yeah. I'm already. The game has already been played like five or six times. What if this guy doesn't show up? What if so and so happens? What if this happens? You know, I'm just. Hey, I'm all over the place. I'm so wild. <laughs> I'm so crazy. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. I'm wild. There's a method to my madness. I always say that. You know, I just. And it's a blessing. I like, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing to be around athletes. That's all it is. It's a blessing from God to have athletes that believe in you and they literally put up with your crazy self. Like, especially somebody like me. <laughs> a freaking man. A yeah, freaking man. Mark, man, thank you so much for coming through, brother. Hey, I appreciate you, man. God bless. And once again, thank you for the opportunity, man. It's been really awesome. Uh, like I said, you know, yeah. taking time out of your day 
it's been great. You know what I mean? So thank you so much. Like I said, it's been a blessing. I appreciate you, my friend. Y'all, I want to thank you. Mark, thank you so much for coming through. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Guys, uh, if you haven't had a chance to look back at the the catalog, uh, definitely go check out the catalog of of podcasts while you have the chance. Um, You know, it's been like six months since we've been able to have it updated. And so you got time to check out as we slowly get ourselves back into rhythm. Some amazing people from Naya Tapper to uh, uh, Shetta Amba. We've got uh, uh, Maria Thomas out of Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, we we have Ram Eddings. We got Phaedra Knight. We got uh, so many people. So many people. I, I just... Definitely check it out. And while we start setting up this new catalog for you guys to get ready to listen to, learn more about the people, get more in depth, get even more information, and just be able to know the rugby stories that are out there and the opportunities that you have to take advantage. So in the meantime, you guys, I hope that you guys are happy. I hope that you guys are healthy. And I hope that you guys know that you are going to have a highly favored 2022 because you are highly favored. Until next time, y'all. Cheers.